What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Millennial uh, Club. Uh, 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 hold on. <laughs> Let me just say before Stan gets started, y'all, we were supposed to do this podcast when? This is this uh, a win, a little <laughs> too long, long. <laughs> y'all. Stan's Stan's recording studio is two minutes from my house. Yeah, this is two minutes from my house. Me and Eddie was like, yo, we've been waiting on this. this we've is... been waiting on this, y'all. We got so much to tell y'all, so much to talk about. I'm taking over your podcast oh God, today. You know I'm about what? to I'm tell y'all everything from I... divorce to real estate <laughs> to find getting my groove back yes, to the men yes. folks I met last night. Oh, to everything. Like we really about to dive into everything. Because you got Stan. the best realtor right here. Right yes. here in Georgia. We coming to y'all live. Go ahead, Stan, my bad. Well, as I was saying, um, <laughs> I don't even know what Stan left to say. <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's your favorite realtor from all of Georgia here with my best friend, Eddie. We finna talk about everything. Hey. So turn your speakers hey. up. Turn your headphones yeah. up. Let's get into yeah. it, y'all. <laughs> <Period>. <laughs> So, Meg, what's new? Get me caught up. I haven't met with you in a while. Okay. Um, I've been doing a podcast thing. I've been uh, quiet about and congratulations. it. congratulations. Thank you. I'm I very proud of you. It means a lot. And I've been watching you, too. I feel like you are, like, a leading example for, you, you know, many of our millennials. Thank you. You've been killing it, doing the real estate thing. I'm trying. So, yes, yeah, to kind of catch you up, let's see. Um, backstory, I'm a dog mom in Bella May, my fur baby. I got to shout okay. her out. I love okay. being a dog okay. mom. So, um, with that, after school, I... I dived into real estate, um, got my license. This is going on my second year in real estate. Um, I just hit a full year, August 21st. I got licensed last year in 2018. Okay. I just hit 2.75 million in sales volume. Oh my God. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Let me applaud you. That's Thank a big thing. You. That's not yes. something to be like throw under the bridge. Yeah, like, that's a it's, big thing. it's really, really, really exciting. I did not expect it to take off like this, but when God places you in the right place, that's what happens. You excel, yes, yes. and I give all glory to him. He's using me as a vessel, and I enjoy being used, Amen. okay, because he's been blessing me. Um, another stuff that happened, catching you up, you probably saw back in the day, maybe six, seven months ago, I had gotten married. Yeah. At first, it was masked as an engagement, mm-hmm. but we decided to come out and tell people we were actually married because I had come across some information that there were some issues that my husband was not being honest on. So I was like, okay, let's lay everything out on the table. Oh, wow. We need to let everybody know we're married mm-hmm. so that everything that you were doing can be cut off. Okay. So we came to an agreement to do that. I wasn't aware of everything that was going on, but... um. We came to an agreement of doing that, so we came out telling everybody that we got married. Everything was good, and then more stuff started creeping out and creeping oh out God. and creeping out. Oh and it just took me to the direction of, okay, Megan, you got to let go. So I actually recently filed for divorce oh a few God. weeks ago, and my court date is on the 25th, so I'm looking forward to that and just closing that chapter and entering another one. Oh, my God. And I, yeah. I want to say... I hope that you you learn and you grow from that situation. Yes, I've already learned a lot. And I will more so say I've learned a lot more about myself than I even did about marriage or him. It was more so a lot of self-reflection of how how to cope with living with somebody and you're used Mm -hmm. to being on your own, how to compromise, how to put somebody else before your own needs. Just, just, it's a lot. (laughs) And having to do that at a young age when you're still trying to, you know, be selfish and, you know, Mm -hmm. be about yourself, it can be very conflicting. Mm -hmm. And it can be conflicting when you have a partner that is still trying to dabble in single lifestyle activities. Yeah. So it was just time for us to part ways. Okay, so before I get into that, and I definitely want to, you know, cover that and talk about, like, a lot of things as far as, like, how you guys started dating, how you guys okay. met. Yeah. I want to talk about more of the real estate side. Okay. okay, so, you know, many people struggle with trying to become a realtor. Yes. Like, how is the test? Talk about the test. Oh, Lord. Yeah. So, okay. Backstory real quick. Um, when you first get started, you have to take a pre-licensing exam or a pre-licensing course, excuse me, 75 credit hours. Okay. You can do that online or you can do that in person or you can do that, you know, hybrid type okay. ordeal. And so I did mine online. I was working a full-time job, so I was doing this on the side okay. online. And I say the reason why I wasn't as prepared for the test is because... I had a lot going on, and I did it online, and I got the cheapest class I could get. I'm not going to lie. I just bought the cheapest online class to get through it. (laughs) But I paid for it at the end because I ended up having to take the test three times. So had I had 
basically paid for what I needed to to actually get the proper knowledge for the test, yeah. I would have been fine. So I say that to say if anybody's thinking about getting into real estate, please, please, please make sure you pay for your good education. Yeah. It makes a matter of a difference so that you don't have to pay it later when you're taking the test. So anyways, the test is hard. But what's hard is learning how to answer the questions. It's not learning the material. Mm-hmm. It's basically like back in the day when they made us take the GS, what was it, the SAT? SAT. You yeah. have to know how to answer the questions. You already know the knowledge but the way they position it you have to figure out okay what are they really asking me and it's it's tricky and that's really all it is is learning to master how to answer the questions not really learning the material and i'll say this everything i learned in real estate school is totally different from what you really do as an agent and i didn't believe people at first i was like well why would they make me good (laughs) but like big facts like i've not used my book or any of that knowledge in real estate at all none zip zilch nada okay but so on one to ten how would you uh grade the real estate exam how, how tough is it on a scale of one to ten i would give it a 7.5 okay that's not too so bad. it's bad but it's not that bad because it's very doable okay you just have to it's more so mindset you have to really crack down and be like look i gotta study this stuff i gotta know it and i gotta know how to answer the questions but if you don't take it serious and you think you're just going to jump into real estate for a second career or a first career mm-hmm. just to make some bread, because a lot of people think that's what it is, it's not that. Let me just tell you, there are a lot of things that y'all don't understand about how realtors get paid, but we could talk about that, too. Like, there's a lot of stuff okay. people don't get. You do not just get a whole lot of money, um, but you can make great money. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, like, um, it is pretty hard, but you just really got to have that mindset. You got to crack down, and you really got to go in there and be ready to master how to answer those questions. Okay, so outside of everything you learn in the classroom, what do you need to be able to— um, strive out there in the field like what do you Mm. what what do you need to possess so i would say uh, somebody um actually told me this week they described me as passively aggressive and i think that's a key thing of what you need because you have to be likable you have Mm. to be knowledgeable you have to be assertive and aggressive Mm. and go out and go get it for you and or your clients it's not really about having the best brokerage. It's not having the best resources. It's not having the best marketing materials. People want to do business with who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. So it's being somebody that you would want to do business with. Because once that happens, the referrals come in. Mm-hmm. And if you just take every customer as this is the last, or client, not even customer client, as this is the last client I'm going to ever get, that will then go forth into showing them what your work ethic is like and your mm-hmm. business will flow in. Mm-hmm. I'm proud to say I've not purchased a lead. I've not had to spend any money on getting clients. Mm-hmm. It's all been God sent and referrals and just me being able to use those skill sets that he blessed me with to bring in my clientele. Oh, wow. And okay. that's that's what I would say. And I go out and I meet people. I wear my realtor shirts. I'm out in the community. You know, I sponsor certain things for schools. I, you know, volunteer. And you just, you just want to be out and meet people. And you can't be afraid to tell them hey i'm a realtor if you're looking to buy rent or sell call me you know like i let them know we were at mcdonald's one day and i gave the cashier my card you never know who will who needs your services and that goes for any career field if you're Mm -hmm. scared to be out there and be your biggest fan then you don't want your business to thrive bad enough i truly agree so what's like the balance like don't you feel like that kind of like um crosses into your personal life you know, with you being out there and mm-hmm. having to build a relationship with all your clients. Yes, it does, because you then take on, I won't say the weight, but you do take on the emotions of what they go through. Mm-hmm. So when we start a transaction and they can't find what they're looking for, you're like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, we're not doing good. You know, like you go on the up and down roller coaster with them. And also people think you can just shut it off. But a lot of the times that's why I had to get a second phone. My work phone would just go off, and I love my clients, so any of my clients that hear this, y'all do not take offense, but they will text me sometimes, you know, early in the morning or late at night, and you have to set boundaries of work hours. You have to remember that this is my job. No, I may not go into an office every day, but I still have a personal life. I still yes. have to have me time. I still have to have, you know, my downtime, and sometimes you you miss out on a lot of that as a new agent because you're in the mindset of, I need the business, I need the business, I need the business. So I would say anybody looking to get into that or just entrepreneurship at all, just make sure you designate time for yourself and don't get so wrapped up chasing the dollar. 
Mm, I so. totally agree. Okay, so let's pretend that I'm a client. What do I need in place to be able to purchase a home? Okay, so the first thing that would happen when we would do a console, you would say, Megan, I want to work with you because your best words are in Georgia. And I say, doggone it, you're right. I so, can't. You know what? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but we would do a console call, which basically just lets me know what you're looking for. I have you fill out a questionnaire like, hey, are you looking for X, Y, and Z? Then the next biggest step is pre-qual. We need to know how much you qualify for. So I would send you to my lenders, and they will let you know if you need to do a certain type of loan, like VA loan, which is for my veterans, which is 0% down. Um, You don't have to put any money down. USDA loan, FHA loan, conventional. That's the biggest thing is getting you pre-approved for a loan because without your purchasing power, then we can't do anything. Once you get that, we go house hunting. Mm -hmm. We go house hunting. We put an offer on the house. Put an offer on the house. We do all the little in-between stuff, inspections, appraisals, contingencies, all that. And then we go to closing. It's a lot easier than people think uh, sometimes. Yeah. And so that's one thing I try to harp on. It's like buying a house is not its not as difficult when you have the best realtor in town to help you. I truly You know what? <laughs> the way you just put that, I feel like that was, that was very well said because a lot of people, they do defeat themselves and saying like, well, I don't have the credit for it. Mm-hmm. I don't have the, the, the funds for and it. And there's ways around that. Yeah. I had a client go to closing and got a check back because she did a USDA loan, mm-hmm. and she only had to put her earnest money down, mm-hmm. and she got that back at the closing table because she did no money down, and her closing cost was wrapped in her loan. So she basically got into her house with basically $500 down oh my God. for her inspection and stuff. But does that mean that like the monthly payments on the house, would it be higher? Depends on your price point. It all varies. So if you talk and you want to get a $600,000 house, then, yeah, baby, your, your, your payment's going to be a little high. But if you're talking $150,000 home, $200,000 home, there are ways around having you a low payment that are less than probably what you'll pay for rent for a one-bedroom, which is like 1200 bucks nowadays mm-hmm. out here. Yeah. You know, so it's it's definitely ways around it. It's definitely ways of getting your payment lower, and it's definitely ways of getting your interest rate down, too. So I also tell people to shop around with the lenders. So what's the real estate market like right now? Right now, it's more of a buyer's market. Um, buyer's market means all the buyers are out. It's lower inventory on the sell side, meaning there are not as many sellers as buyers. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of different things like multiple offers. So right now, we put an offer on a house for a client of mine in Villarica. I think I'm lying, not Villarica. It's some city. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. But basically, we're in a multiple offer situation. We have to submit our highest and best by Monday, Mm. which means there are several different people trying to get this house because it's not as much inventory in this price point. It's in the $200,000 price point. Anything two fifty and under, it's going like hotcakes. Oh, wow. And so sometimes it's a lot of that multiple offer situation where everybody is fighting for the same house. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you say to the people, like, that are naysayers and say, like, you know, well, real estate is very saturated. There's a lot of people in it. Mm. You know, it's very tough and mm. you may not make it. What you do know you say to those say people? That? You don't believe in yourself hard enough. Mm. Because why are you even worried about what other people are saying? Other people are not you. Other people don't have the same drive as you. Obviously, you're being influenced by the wrong people. You're not around the right people that's telling you to go out there and get it and make a difference or go out there and there's food for everybody to eat. So what? I literally do an accountability meeting once a week with girls that are under my brokerage. It's not competition. It's accountability. Mm. It's pushing each other to do more. It's it's so many people out here in this world. There's so much money to be made. If we were all trying to just be like, oh, it's tough, it's tough, it's tough, there would only be one person able to do it. You ain't lying. You know? So you, you need to get a different crowd of friends if that's what you're hearing. And if you're hearing that from the social media world or wherever you're hearing it from, you need to alter that and be able to filter it in and filter it out the other way. Okay, so were you always this confident? Were you, like, did you always um, possess, like, I don't want to say yes, but yes. Um, <laughs> shout out to my parents. I'm not going to lie. Like, my parents really brought me up in a sense of, I was the it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there's nothing I can't do. There's nothing I can't do if I put my mind to it and have God backing me. But mm-hmm. the one thing that made me more confident is when I got really heavy in the church and I started seeing how God was working in my life, mm-hmm. I can do no wrong with him. Amen. In the Bible, it literally says God gives you wealth, riches, all this. He doesn't He doesn't have in his plan for us to be poor, broke, begging, oh, not right. doing nothing we don't like. So all these blessings that I'm getting and continuing to get, it's all because I'm doing right by him, okay. doing right by my clients. So it flows in. And then the hard work I put behind it just pushes that even more. Mm-hmm. So um, shout out to my parents for instilling the Christianity part in me, but I didn't get that till I got older and sought God out for myself. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm not going to lie, my parents did put me on a pedestal, and I appreciate that because I have always had this type of confidence, which I lost Seriously? when I was in my marriage. 
Oh, wow. Which we'll get on that. But I had to find it again. So it's not like I have it 100% 24-7, but I have always been a very confident individual. And um, I like that because I did not like how I felt when I felt very insecure. Mm, we'll mm-hmm. definitely cover that. So mm-hmm. let me ask you this. Do you mentor anyone? Because I feel like a person of your stature, like somebody that has your confidence, you need to reach out and, you know, kind of pick I'll up. I'll say... I don't consistently mentor someone, but I do think in my accountability group, the things that we share with each other, we're like mentors and mentees to each other. So the stuff I learn, I share with them. The stuff they learn, they share with me. And we kind of have that mentorship process. Mm -hmm. And anybody that reaches out to me about real estate, I send them the options for mentorship. And if they're really serious about it, they're able to dive into those three options. But they... They're not easy. It's not, oh, Megan, we're just going to sit here and you tell me everything. It requires them to either pay up or Mm. devote their time. They don't have the funds to devote their time. And you'll be surprised out of the, let's say, 10 messages I get, only one person will do it. Oh, wow. And that tells you right there, you know, the drive is not through 100% of this nation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only, it's the one in a million that are making a life and a change for themselves. So when I started doing that, my questions, you know, and my time got spent a lot easier and with more of the people who really were looking to really pursue real estate. They wanted to know everything. So they didn't mind taking me to lunch or they didn't mind devoting two hours to my admin duties to get the knowledge that I'm able to share through what I've gone through. Okay, so let me ask you this. What, what is your five-year plan? What do you see yourself in the next chapter after real estate or is real estate like your... You know, your calling. Real estate is definitely my calling. Real estate has so many different avenues. I see myself in five years, I'll be a hot 28-something. Yeah. <laughs> I see myself with a team that is operating without me having to touch it. Mm-hmm. And the, and I say money because, let's be honest, we all are in something to make money from it. Mm-hmm. I see the money just rolling in. I see the processes being smooth. And I see me doing what I want to do, traveling, enjoying life. You know, impacting people, doing some mentorship, but on a larger scale, maybe okay. some seminars. Um, I also want to get into rental properties on the college side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ain't going to tell you all about that because I don't want to buy this snagger from right? you yet. <laughs> but I do want to do some type of rental outlook on that with um, college kids and, and giving them a better option for housing as they're in between having to rent and mm-hmm. then being ready to buy. And um, I also see myself... Huh, Probably buying a few more houses myself, just just like vacation homes and spots for me to go for me and my family and leaving mm. a legacy. I see that as well. I respect that. So how many homes do you own as of now? Right now, one. Okay, good. One. I and bought my first house in 20, what, 18? 2018. Wow, it was dope. right after graduation. It's a cute town home. It's three bed, three and a half bath, wow. 2,000 square feet. Perfect for me and my Congrats. little stink stink. How old are you? I am 23. And that's big because, you know, people around that age don't have it together. Yeah, sometimes we don't. We just need the right direction, the right verbiage, and the right positivity flow behind it. I think a lot of the times we get wrapped up in the negativity, and yeah. I say that because yeah. I've been there, done that, you know? so Yeah, black girl magic. I, I like that you got it going it's, on. It's, you yeah, it, it comes Sometimes it goes. seems like a lot of women have it more together than, you know, men. Sometimes, but I think a lot of times men don't give themselves enough credit. Mm. I think a lot of times people don't give themselves enough credit because we look at social media and, and all this other stuff and we're like, oh, we need to be doing this or oh, we need to be doing yeah. that and we're not doing Great. enough and you get into this imposter syndrome when if you start writing down all your accomplishments, it would be limitless. Mm. You know what I mean? You would run out of paper, honestly, if you really sat down and thought about everything you did and that's impacting somebody, that's donating to charity, that's praying for somebody, that's stopping at a red light when the other person... You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. little things we do not grasp as accomplishments and it's because everything on social media and in our world is so big and productive and Mm -hmm. oh my god but we don't celebrate the little wins and if it takes little wins to get to the big wins and i think that's one thing people are missing i agree man so let's get a little bit more in person let's do it look i'm sweating already oh no we're gonna (laughs) we know we not gonna get to no drama stuff but i definitely want to get my audience to understand who megan is okay you know, I feel like they get to see the real estate side, but mm-hmm. they don't know more of the personal side. Yes. So, okay, um, let's talk about, you know, you're a very transparent person. Why I is am. that? Why um, is growing up, I used to feel like I had to be a chameleon and adapt to a lot of different environments and personalities. Okay. To, um, I won't even say fit in, but 
in my head, I was already fitting in, but I guess I didn't know my own true self. Okay. Once I was already being transparent and honest, and I'm telling each scenario and each person the same thing, mm-hmm. it just was easier. Mm-hmm. When you are a closed book, which is, is not, it's okay to not share everything, but when you're closed in and you are trying to withhold information that may be valuable to someone or you just want to get it off your chest, you have to remember who you told what to. Yeah. So I got to the point where I'm like, okay, I told this friend this, but I told this friend that. <laughs> yeah. I told this family member this. I told... It was too much. Yeah. It's too much yeah. for me to, to com- what's the word, compartmentalize and categorize the different things that I'm telling and doing with different people. Yeah. So it's like, I don't care who know now. I, the same thing I tell my clients is the same thing I would tell my mama, just different verbiage. Yeah. But, like, I I feel like it's easier for me to be an open book because it just breaks the ice. It's out there. And the same stuff I'm going through, other people have gone through. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to be taboo or secretive about the struggles. Heck, we want to almost cuss. Heck, we, we want to share and share and share the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Why not be able to be intimate with your family members or friends or somebody that may be inspired by you by just being honest? You know, so that's kind of where I am now. And it's like, and y'all, y'all ain't going to like me even if I'm doing good or bad. So it's like, I might as well just be honest and be transparent. Now, talking to you, it just seems like you're so unbothered. And I know going through a divorce, <laughs> like, that's very, you know, yes. that's devastating. That's tough to go through. And, it is. And I just encourage you in a, in, to just to kind of, like, reach out to other women. Because when I see other women going through it, it's just like they feel defeated. Well, and, you know what? Oh, Lord, like, I'm not other women. Praise yeah, God. Oh, hey, listen. I'm not other women because <laughs> I'm trying and I'm in the process of finding my identity in Christ. And I just keep harping on God because that's really what really triggered the switch okay. of how I deal with things now. So going personal, when I was 10, I lost my father in a car accident. Wow. And the way I handled it, I didn't realize it as a child, but after I got older, my family members were always like, Megan, you really processed that in a way that we didn't think you would. And I spoke at his funeral, Mm -hmm. and none of my other siblings could. And um, I think that comes from the confidence. I think that comes from just a a deeper understanding of life and what I've learned now through the divorce. And the reason I feel so unbothered is because I know God has greater for the both of us. This is not a bash session on Darnell. This is not a, you know, bash session on, on either one of us. We both had our problems and what was going on. Okay. But what I take out of this divorce of being unbothered is I don't want to be bothered with the bad and the stress. I want the best for him, and I dang sure want the best for me. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, you have to realize if something is toxic and unhealthy, Mm -hmm. somebody's going to have to open the door to let each other out. Mm -hmm. And that's just what I had to do. And um, I praise God because had I not really thought through mm-hmm. everything, I could still be in a toxic situation right now. And he would still be in a toxic situation right now. And I do feel good. I do mm-hmm. feel unbothered. And it's a it's a really beautiful thing because who wants to be moping and crying yeah. and feeling defeated? And a lot of times I think women feel defeated because they blame themselves. Yeah, It's not a blame game. It's a, okay, this didn't work. What did you learn, and what are you going to look for next Mm go-round? And what are you going to change about yourself to make sure you bring your Boaz on home and not Billy Bob Joe? You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of where I am with that. And that's tough to say because a lot of women have different situations. I feel like, you know, women that have been in longer relationships as far Mm -hmm. as 9, 10 years in, Mm -hmm. you've invested a lot. So it's you tough to trapped. walk away. You feel, you feel trapped. You feel like, hey, what do I do from here? Like, do I need to try harder? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How, did you ever get so, that feeling? All right. So let's go way back. I dated this guy named Chad for a long time. This is my real first true love. We dated mm-hmm. for maybe four or five years. Mm-hmm. And I've always been the very structured individual. Like, okay, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And I've learned through my past experiences that I try to rush things because my dad passed. So I'm like, okay, I need to get all this stuff done so my mama can see it while she's on this earth. That's what I've learned. But that's not the way to be because my timeline is not my father's or my mother's. But through that, I kind of was pressuring Chad to be like, look, either you're going to marry me or we're not going to be together. And that's what happened. So then here came along single Megan who done, you know, unwillingly wanting hat well I feel like I had to because I needed to prove a point but I didn't want to be without Chad but I ended up parting ways with Chad doing my own thing and it was boom 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 all right Megan now you on to your next plan 
And then Darnell came in the picture. Okay. And this was last year, so this will bring you into the timeline with Darnell and how things happen so quickly. We met September 3rd on Facebook. He slid in my DMs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, <laughs> the hey. Way, that's the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked for a long time. We really hit yeah. it off. He's a great dude. He flew from Germany, came down to see me. We clicked. We hit it off. And then it was literally long distance until he got home. When he got home, he proposed. Two days later, we eloped. We went on our little trip. We came back. He got hurt. Found out he was cheating. We tried to work it out. Yeah. He was still being secretive. I don't think he was still cheating, but he was being secretive, and I didn't like it. Yeah. I still had my own personal things that I'm sure he didn't like about me. Yeah. So it was just a lot of back and forth, bickering, bickering, bickering. And then one day I was like, okay, I'm not doing this no more. Yeah. So that happened, dating, engagement, marriage, divorce, in a course of 365 days. Mm-hmm. But what it taught me was you shouldn't have never tried to rush Chad. Mm-hmm. You should have been whole yourself first Mm -hmm. before trying to be married and have kids like everybody else you're seeing. Mm -hmm. You don't know what their relationship is like. And you don't have to rush your timeline because your dad died at a young age, Megan. You don't. Whatever you need to accomplish here on this earth will happen. If that's having kids, great. If it's not, okay. And so that's kind of where I am with that, and, and that's kind of where that timeline came from. And um, I don't even remember what your question was. Did I answer okay. <laughs> I think you answered it then, so I'm just... <laughs> but, um, oh, you asked me the timeline. Yeah. When I left Chad, mentally I never did. Mm-hmm. So I can understand why those women feel defeated. Yeah. Mentally I never did. And that's one thing that Darnell was saying when we were married. It's like, I feel like you still have some connection to your ex. The Megan in me was like, organized and structured like no I don't I'm yeah. married like no I don't but when I started really thinking I'm like oh that boy really do got a hold on me god man like because yeah. you would think you know I would, I would be thinking in the back of my head like you know oh my goodness how would it have been if I married Chad how would it have been if I would have waited and just not been married how 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 but I ain't in the house I'm in it now I know that's right and right now I ain't studying Chad or Darnell <laughs> I'm stunned making Catherine Louise Duckett. Yeah. I'm stunned paying his debt off. Yeah. I'm stunned going on my trip, yeah. on my little vacations. Yeah. And then whenever God sends my Boaz, whether that's Chad, Tom, Dick, or Harry, yeah. I'll be ready and they'll be ready. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Yo, but it was hard to mentally escape that Chad thing. Yeah. And I still think about Chad a lot, you know, because. Mm. Yeah, you do kind of feel like, dang, well, did you do the right thing? So shout out to the girls who've been with them dudes for a long time. But also don't don't feel like you got to, you know, be on their timeline 24-7 because, God, dog, yeah. you know, when you're no younger, yeah. we yeah. might as well yeah. do it. Yeah. So. <laughs> and it, yo, it's crazy, and I don't mean to keep dwelling on that, but it's like everybody has those small little hiccups. Yes. It's like, you know, they have it together, but they, they stumble, and they yes. be like, yo— you know, I kind of, I, I miss this one. Yes. I, you know, I want to deal with this one. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it, they, they want to show the world that they have it all together. But mm-hmm. it's like at certain points, they're like, yo, damn. Yeah. You know, I wish this went a certain different way. You right. know what I mean? And, and, right. And I just applaud you because, like, you just have that tough spirit. Thank you. You have that warrior spirit. Thank you. And it shows, like, Thank everybody you. catches it in your essence. So Thank you. I applaud you. So um, what's next, like, in your personal life? Are you dating well, or is it, like, more so we taking a break so, to get yourself together? Look, let me tell you something. One thing y'all ain't learned about me already is I move quickly. I can't. Uh, sometimes well. that's not good, but <laughs> I do move quickly. <laughs> Call me a race car. Oh, so, God, um, no. You know what? <laughs> let me take a break. <laughs> We're going to take a break. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god but no um right now i'm in the spirit of lord i'm awaiting the boaz mm-hmm. but in the meantime i'm gonna talk to larry mm. john julie all, all these different men folks because it's exciting. it is exciting i never really dated when i was younger because in high school i dated a dude named kevin What's your, what was his name? <laughs> Kevion. I dated Kevion. him for like a year and a half. Okay. And then from there, I had like a little break. And then I dated Chad through all of college. Okay. Had a little break. And then, shoot, I got married. Mm-hmm. So it's like, right now, I'm just dibbling dabbling. I went to Buckhead last night. 
And I picked up, what, maybe six, seven numbers? I'm still trying to find out who was who. You know, yeah, my homeboy Eddie in here, he's being a silent partner, but I love me some Eddie, and he was helping me make sure. I'm like, look, is it okay, dude? Should I give this one my number or not? Like, because I'm feeling nervous. Shout out to Eddie. Um, But, yeah, so I'm just dabbling right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I got a few. My phone is ringing a little more often than it used to, and I like it. I like it. That's what's up. So, yeah, but that's kind of where I am. I am dating um, and just, you know, being picky about it, too. Because mm. although I do like a free meal, I ain't going out with just anybody. I know that's right. Shoot. Amen. Mm-hmm. I know that's right. And also, men, women don't always just want to go out for a free meal, okay? You got the women who do have their own bread. Yeah. And we can pay for our own stuff. Yeah. But let's get back to the coding and the wanting to take the women out. Mm-hmm. Because in the beginning, you should. Like a dude I met in Buckhead yesterday, he's super cute. My type, I'm not interested like that yet. But he's cute my type. But he texts me like, when can I come see you? Oh, wow. I said, well, you can come see me when you ask me the right way. And he I said, know. well, what's the right way? And I literally text him verbatim, Megan, I would love to take you out sometime. When are you free? He was like, that's what I slick said. Your delivery is no, everything, baby. Not. But you can start over. We can redo it. <laughs> and then that's what he said. I would definitely like to take you out. Because if you don't have the the gumption to redo it the way I need you to yeah. do it, then you don't, you're not interested enough in me. Now, and this go around. I know what I bring to the table. He gonna be bringing plates and the table. Now let me stop you right. Let me stop you right there. And I want to say something, and I want to kind of give you like not advice, but I want to kind of give you a tip. Okay. But I feel like he kind of was transparent with you in that moment. You know when he when he said that, mm-hmm. I felt like you kind of should have seen the the face that he was giving you. You know what I mean? So when he you're if going you in a range of I'm trying to come see you like I'm trying to. No, not well, that, but oh. I feel like if he was going to come correct the first time, he should have. Uh-huh. Yes. It shouldn't be, uh, this is how you ask me. He uh-huh. should know already because you guys are at the age to be like, okay, boom, you should know how I'm coming. This no. is a different type of woman you're dealing with. You feel what I I'm like saying? that, but let me give you this. People don't know what they don't know. Okay. He probably has never encountered right. a woman of my stature before. Right. So I had to kind of let him know, this is how I would like to be approached. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you approach those other women, and mm-hmm. that may work for them. But the way you're going to approach Megan Duggett is different. If you want to be able to do that for me Mm -hmm. and then take that to the next woman as well, if this don't work, Mm -hmm. then great. I gave you that lesson. But sometimes they don't know. Mm -hmm. A lot of women don't carry themselves like me. And I don't say that to be... I'm on a pedestal, but I move very differently. So they may be accustomed to being able to say, hey, when can I come see you? At least it wasn't, you know, can I come over? You see what I'm saying? Like, you have to kind of learn to gauge, but also to let them know, okay, this is not how you're going to talk to me. This is how I want to be talked to, and if you can't make that work, this won't work. This conversation won't continue. But I do see where you're going. But that's why I corrected him. So let me say this, and I feel like a lot of women do this. I Mm -hmm. feel like y'all give too many chances. We do. We do, and, and that's okay. We're nurturing. And I like that, mm-hmm. but y'all get too many chances. Yes. Sometimes that's, you know, I feel like you should just cut them from the first mistake. Sometimes. Sometimes. You know, if you're feeling them, go ahead and get them some leeway. Well, you know, you know what I mean? I, that, look, okay, you see, you, know you see, had it been, okay, had it been Billy Bob, I ain't going to use this you other man name, but this other dude hit me up <laughs> and said something like that. I didn't even respond. Yeah. So you're right, but you do give more leeway to the ones that pique your interest. Mm-hmm. I liked how he approached me when we were at the bar. Okay. I could tell he was nervous, you know, because he was standing there, and he was looking at me, and he gave me a head nod. And I was like, hey. And he was like, come here. And I stood That's right there. You no, you can come to me. And he's like, how you doing? da 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 And a lot of times, guys are nervous. I guess I'm intimidating. I don't know, but I've heard a little bit, the more I talk to guys that date me, they be that. like, they, I'm intimidating to them. And I don't know what I be doing, and I really don't try to, but I do try to now give, like, some leeway. Because I be nervous talking to guys, too. They feel like girls don't get nervous. We get nervous. We don't, we don't pick that up because y'all look like y'all have it all no, together. No, we're great actors, okay? <laughs> like, hello and scene. Hey, oh, how you doing? Oh, you know, oh. but, like, we get nervous. We have to think, okay, is our stuff shaved? Is our stuff waxed? Oh, my God. Hello? Are, are we smelling is, good? What? You know, do I have a pedicure? How does my hair look? Am I going to sweat? Like, I'm sweating now, but yeah. it's y'all, so I don't care. So if I get up and it's a butt sweat stain here, who cares? But if I'm on a first date, I'm like, let me wear black pants because if my booty sweat, that's horrible. Oh, like, Lord. But, you, I mean, we're human. We Get, we get yes, <laughs> we get nervous. Like, yeah. but it's that's reality. Yeah. And I feel like if we knock that taboo out, like 
you'll feel much better. Like, when Darnell started living with me, I was scared to... to can we cuss on here? You could do whatever you I please. was scared to shit, you know? You like know what? I'm like, can I shit around him? Like, you know, because my shit don't smell good. I'm oh, like, but, like, can I? <laughs> but then, I, like, once I started just being comfortable, it made it easier for me. And yeah. everybody got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Everybody, we all do the same stuff. Mm-hmm. But once you try to hide it and be this cute little girl in a box, you making yourself feel worse. Like, I slept, boy. I got to poop, boy. I got gas. But I also look good. I'm about my business and I give you great sex. So, and, Amen. you know, so you just have to be able to balance. Yes. Period. That's, that's how you have to balance it. You know, doggone, I'm human. Yeah. I'm human. Yeah. So, that's kind of where I'm at. That's why I like the transparency. It makes me more comfortable than it does to other people, actually. Okay. I think it makes them a little bit uncomfortable and then they have to get comfortable with my transparency. So. Okay. So, <laughs> let's, let's talk about something that makes you uncomfortable. What's something okay. that, you know, it seems like you're confident about a lot of things. Your relationship side, you know, your business side. You know what makes me uncomfortable? What? New stuff. So I just did a listing appointment with mm-hmm. this, with a potential client. Mm-hmm. I was so scared because I I was like, oh my gosh, what if they don't like me? I've worked with so many buyers. I know working buyers like the back of my hand. Mm-hmm. I've only dealt with a few sellers. I was so nervous. Like, I left and I had sweat stains. Thank God I had like brown I Like, I know, I think I had like blue pants on. It was dark blue. They couldn't tell. Yeah. But like, I was just so nervous. Like, mm-hmm. And so that's something that I think makes me uncomfortable is not knowing how things are going to play out in something that I really want to play out well. You okay. know what I mean? I see what like you're with that that cuz I'm like I really want to get this listing. I really want to take my business to the next level. You know, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I'm not really prepared? Did I did I do the right CMA properly? Did I price it? You know what I'm saying? All mm-hmm. that stuff goes in my head. Another thing I'm nervous about, I would say is really getting into another relationship Mm. because I'm like girl are you really over Chad or are you just talking about Chad because you want to be married still Mm. I want to make sure that I'm in a place of you're good where you are right now and that it's not okay I want to move on to the next thing or okay you know you want to fool with Chad again or okay like I just want to make sure that this time around it's going to be good. I'm yeah. not the type that likes dating around. Like, I have my little fun. Yeah. But I really do want that one significant other that just gets me. Yeah. You know, me and all my quirky quirks, I just want that one person. And I don't want to be clouded by the judgment of me feeling like, oh, my goodness, the, the marriage didn't work out. So, you know, what am I going to do now type thing? Because have, I have those thoughts. Like, oh, my God, like, girl, you got to tell, like, the next dude I talk to, I got to be like, oh, yeah, I was married. And you know then, what I respect you about know? you, too, as well? Um, I like the fact that you're okay with the divorce. Yeah. Not and, and just in terms because a lot of people are scared to get a divorce because they're scared to show people that failure. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of people be like, well, damn, what, you know, what is everybody going to say? Like, damn, you know, and I failed. And I had those and, we was, and you have those people that mm-hmm. count on that. Like, okay, well, damn, they was together for a year and they got married. Now mm-hmm. they're divorcing. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's kind of tough to come out and be like, we're getting divorced. Right. You know, when you have so many people. You know what? Just to touch on that. One, okay, first thing I want to say is I did have those thoughts. When I first found out Darnell was cheating, mm-hmm. my first thought was like, oh, no, we got to fix this because mm-hmm. we just came out and told everybody we're married. Facts. We got to fix it because I had I had no idea. It literally just came out a month after we got married. Yeah. And I was like, uh-uh, we got to fix this. I don't know how we're going to fix it, but we're going to fix it, and yeah. you ain't going to cheat no more. Yeah. But then I started really thinking... You too good to get cheated on, girl. Amen. You That's too right. worthy to have somebody out here looking for better when they got yeah. the best thing in front of them. Yeah. You too good for that. And you shouldn't have to settle for that. And and he should be able to be, like, not on a leash. Because after the cheating came out, you know, it's like they feel like they got to be on these boundaries and you can't do this, you can't do that. Who wants to live on a leash? Who, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, it was good for both of us, I think, the divorce. But the next thing I want to say is... When people post good stuff or bad stuff, people always got something to say. So it's like, I could be like, oh, we got a divorce. And somebody be like, oh, my God, you got divorced. But then somebody else could say, dang, I was just thinking about leaving my man. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So you never know which spectrum it's going to help. But at least it's going to help somebody. Yeah. You know? So that's kind of how I look at it. But, of course, I did have those thoughts of, oh, my God, what are people going to say? And they thought we were so cute together. And Mm -hmm. Sorry. Y'all not paying my bills. On to the next. You know? Yeah, I got to keep moving, you know? So, But I would just say that for anybody who want to share positive or bad news, like, 
it's a, it's, a, it's never a win-win. Ne- yeah. Everybody is never going to be happy for the good or the bad news. So. Okay, so let me ask you this. What do you tell the young lady or the young man that wants to be a, a realtor or working towards anything in, in the real estate field mm-hmm. but are discouraged? What do you tell mm. them? What kind of advice can you give them? The advice will be, number one, figure out why are you discouraged. If it's fear, then you need to go for it. One thing I've learned is anything that scares us is the number one thing you need to do. Mm-hmm. I was scared crapless leaving my full-time job. I had a salary. I was good. I didn't know how real estate was going to pan out. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. But someone was like, you got to get up out of this cubicle. I know that. And I yeah. soared. And then I would say anybody really wanted to get into real estate, don't be afraid to ask questions. I interviewed like 10 agents before I got into real estate. What did you do that I shouldn't do? Where did you mess up? What what was what worked for you? And then you take that and you tweak it to fine tune for yourself because you can't just be a clone of somebody else. You can't just right. do everything everybody else does. It's not gonna work for you. But what you can do is take and choose, pick and choose from what people did and didn't do, and utilize that to formulate your own success plan. Mm. Okay, so is it worth it though? Because I think that's what's the I think that's the most important question. You know what I mean? Because a lot of folks be like, okay, I'm interested, but. Is it going to be worth it? It comes that down to their drive. It's worth it if you're going to put your all into it. Right. Let me ask you something. What's your favorite thing to do that you would do if you weren't getting paid to do it? Mm, play ball. Okay. So, to you, that's worth it because you, you'll do it even if you don't get paid. Right. If you're not willing to do this and not get paid, then don't do it. If it's something you want to do and you're okay not getting paid, then that's when you know that's it, that it's worth it mm-hmm. because you're willing to do it already without getting a dime for it. And when I first started real estate, I wasn't getting a dime. I've actually had a client go all the way to closing. The day of closing, they said her loan was denied. Wow. She didn't get the house. The sellers didn't sell. And we didn't get paid. The agents didn't get paid. That one clo- messed up closing, it didn't stop me. I kept going. I felt so bad for her. But... It didn't matter to me. It was more about me helping my clients. So we were like, okay, what's our next plan to get you a house next time? Change lenders. Get your credit here. Like, whatever we need to do. So it's worth it when you're willing to do it without reaping the financial benefit. Mm. That's what I would say. Okay, so do you help help people that, you know, not in the process of trying to get a house, but— trying to figure things out, like everything, like trying to get everything down as far as how to go about getting the house? Yeah, um, basically I give them the key steps of what it takes, and then my biggest thing is it's all about being able to get that funding. Unless you're going to do a cash deal, the money is everything. So then I partner them with the lender who can tell them, okay, you need to do this with your credit, you need to dispute this charge, you need to pay this off, you need to da 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 because you want to be able to do everything in your power to get the best interest rate so that you're not paying a crap ton of money. Because you can get a loan down with a 580 credit score. Some people go as low as 500. But, sweetie, your interest rate is going to be high, sky high, out the roof. You might as well wait, pay off some of that debt, pay off those collections, and pay your bills. All my folks who don't pay your bills, pay your bills. Your credit is based on paying your bills. you got to do that. How do you expect to get a house if you can't even pay your bills or have the decency to try to dispute something that may not even be an issue? Start disputing the charges and see if those people can prove why you owe them. If they can't prove it, it drops off. My pastor was talking about that today. Like, stop letting people just ruin your life and you're not fighting it. People will get bad credit and be like, I got bad credit. But don't try to figure out why they got bad credit. (laughs) Don't try to say, well, what can I do to build the credit? I just got bad credit, so I'm still renting. Come on. You don't want it bad enough. You don't. If you did, you would be trying to figure out every different avenue you can go through to get yourself a house. Mm -hmm. I got a girl right now who buying a house for her her mom and her grandmother, and she went through hell and high water to figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. That's what it takes. And then they look and say, oh, my God, how did y'all do it? She got up off her butt, asked questions, and did what she needed to do. Did what she needed to do. You know? So it still always comes down to that drive, no matter what you want to do. If it's business, if it's buying a house, if it's talking to that girl, talking to that guy, you know, going on that vacation. If you're just thinking about it and you're not taking action to do it or researching what you need to do it, you're going to be in the same spot thinking about it, looking crazy. Facts. Okay, so let me ask you this. What are some of the benefits to owning a home? Because a lot of people be mm. like, well, you know, I'm comfortable with my apartment in the ha- in Atlanta, in the city, mm. with the view. So, <laughs> a lot of people I be like, you know, that. a lot of people be like, you know, dealing with a mortgage but, is a lot. You know, I'm so okay with paying. Dealing time. with rent is not. It's a lot to me. You know, so and and I say that as a rhetorical question. So let's look at it like this: You like your apartment? You wouldn't like a condo that mm. you own? 
You wouldn't like something that's like a, a savings account. So let me tell you like tell you like this. I bought my house for X amount of dollars two years ago. I already have forty thousand dollars of equity. If I Oof. sold my house today, I would walk around walk away with 40. forty over just automatically. You know, and not taking away what I need to pay off my mortgage because I've already paid some off. So I'm gonna get that back mm-hmm. on top of some. So it's like, yeah, you have a mortgage, but it's going towards building equity. It's going towards building your wealth. It's going towards potential rental properties that you could have if you wanted to rent out a room. You got a whole doggone business just by owning a house. If you got a two bedroom, even a one bedroom, Airbnb when you're not home. Mm-hmm. And so many other avenues. You can't do that with your rental property. The landlord tells you everything. It's like having Facts. a boss for your house. Facts. You know, you can't paint. You can't have a dog. If you do, you got to pay this. You can't smoke. If you do, you got to pay this. You can't, do, you can't, 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 can't. Yeah. Get out of the habit of putting and boxing yourself into these can't things. Facts. You can. And the difference with ownership and renting is it's the difference between can't and can. And that's how I look at it. You know, a lot of people like to fight that argument with, oh, well, when you own a home, you got to deal with the HOA uh, issues. And not all people have HOA. And you deal with HOA, you know why? Because you live in a good community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The people who live in the rental places that they don't like, why they don't like it? You don't have HOA. <laughs> but no, seriously, you don't have somebody that's really taking a stand for that community and saying, hey, pick your trash up off the floor. Hey, don't have your grass jacked up. Hey, and sometimes HOA is $75 a year. Sometimes it's one seventy five a year. I had one community the other day. We looked at it, it's like one seventy five a year. They pay it one time, and it just maintenance and a few bylaws. HOA is not as bad as it seems, but then you have HOA that's more extensive, but it includes your water. I pay HOA. It includes my water, trash, not trash, water, pest, um, maintenance, la- landscaping. I don't have to lift a finger. Mm. I just go home. They be out there more my hey y'all. You better go lay that pine straw. <laughs> yes, I done paid my dues. You know, you go to the pool, you have fun. I mean, you just you just got more freedom. Yeah. You just got more freedom, but you sometimes gotta pay for that freedom. But if you wanna be boxed in by the man or the woman and stay in that camp mentality, then continue to rent. There's nothing wrong with renting when you have to. But don't be in a mindset of that's why you rent. Mm. You know, you need to be seeking other options. You seek other places to move. Why not think about doing that with a mortgage or a house, you know, or a condo? It don't have to just be a house. People think you just got to buy a house. You can buy a condo. You can buy a townhome. You can buy a duplex. I mean, there's several different things you can buy and live in. It don't have to be a traditional house that we see today. Okay, so is, ideal, is Atlanta the ideal place to buy a home? Mm. Do they have any other, you know, because a lot of people, they, they're getting tired of Atlanta. You know, I love Atlanta. Atlanta has grown on me, but I feel like a lot of people are ready to go outside of Georgia. They're mm-hmm. just tired of it because they've dealt with it so long. I think that's kind of the people who have been here and not appreciating the different cities and the different outskirts. Yeah. Because I have a lot of relocation clients that are coming to Georgia. Georgia is the place to freaking be. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing. We got great seasons. We got great environment. We got great entertainment, great amenities. I mean, it's like a little Hollywood now. Facts. I mean, it's great opportunities for all the people in the music industry, music industry, fashion industry, marketing industry. You can't find an industry that's not booming in Georgia. Mm-hmm. You Give me one. Can't. Sorry. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> You just can't do it. And so I feel like the people who don't like it, they're not emphasizing or exercising that let me get out of this camp mentality because they stuck in there whatever box they're in. I'm thinking about writing a book called Escape the Cubicle. But they're stuck in their cubicle of whatever social norms they've gathered, whatever environment they're living in, and they just woe is me, woe is me. Get out of it. Let me tell you today, if I could physically shake you, Get out of it. Open your eyes. It's so much to see in Georgia. If you're sick of Atlanta, go to Athens. Mm. You're sick of Athens, go to Conyers. You're sick of Con. I mean, it's so many places in Georgia. Don't just harp on Atlanta because you think everybody want to go to Atlanta. If you don't like it, branch out. Amen. You know, <laughs> it's other cities to see. Yeah. Gee Louise. I can't. You know what? <laughs> she got personality on her, y'all. <laughs> I love her. So, man, let me say this. Um... Outside of, you know, purchasing a home, mm-hmm. what do you what do you think is like another thing for millennials to but like to have at the like debt freedom. Debt freaking freedom. Do not, I repeat, do not put yourself in debt trying to impress people who will not matter ten years from now. Let me tell y'all mm-hmm. something. If twenty three year twenty three year old Megan knew twenty year old Megan, I would have never bought that BMW. Mm-hmm. I bought a forty thousand dollar car. And I wasn't making half that. Mm. I mean, you were, you're supposed to, I've been doing this Dave Ramsey plan, and he said you're supposed to buy a car that's less than half of your income. Yeah. Well, that would have been $20,000. Mm-hmm. 
But what I do, go out there and get this luxury car. Oh, I just gotta have a luxury car. Thank God I did, though, because it does benefit my business. But, you know, that's just, that yeah. just God planned it like that. But you want to be able to cash flow everything you can. Yeah. Stop seeking into these credit card debts and you can pay it off later. And da-da. That's always putting you back in a cubicle. You're always going to have to report or pay somebody. You're always going to have to be, dang, as soon as you get money, you got to pay this credit card, you got to pay this credit yeah. card, you got to pay this card. Yeah. No, you got to Stop. Be a college broke student. Drive the hoopty, buy for $3,000, pay it off, do your thing, and then when you get the money to cash flow and you want to go out there and ball out on whatever car you want, whether that's a Honda, a Maserati, a Bentley, whatever it is, then you go out and do it. But don't do it and then be eating ramen noodles in a doggone <laughs> car. That don't make no sense. But we yeah. do that because of social society. Yeah. We want to just post the best, the best cars, the best relationships, the best house, the best clothes. And mm-hmm. Who cares? Yeah. Then you're looking at your bank account like, why you do that? Sis, that was dumb. <laughs> dumb as dirt. You know, so I would definitely say to my millennials, find ways to leverage your cash flow. Prioritize what is a necessity first. Mm-hmm. Rent, okay? Rent is X, okay? Then your food is Z. Da-da-da-da. Whatever you need to do, prioritize it first. Get a budget and stick to it. I can't go out. I got food at the house. You know, if y'all want to go out, come over and bring a dish with you because I can't feed everybody. Stop lying to these folks to impress them. They don't care enough. They over here lying to compete. Y'all competing together and spending money you ain't got together. (laughs) You might as well just be honest and broke together. Right now is the time to be broke. (laughs) Millennials, it's okay to be broke right now. This is temporary. Can you ask your parents what they was making and what they were spending at this time? Way less than what we are. Yeah. Right. You know? So you have to embrace the different roller coaster rides you go on. And right now, you're riding a roller coaster of broke. Yeah. Broken happy. It seemed like our parents had it more together. It yeah. seemed like at, at, well, I'm a little bit older. I'm 27. It seemed mm-hmm. like they were more established. They had their own home. They mm-hmm. had the kids. They mm-hmm. were, you know, the cars. And it, I don't know why. Is that. I don't know what their strategy was. And it feels like a lot of us don't speak with the people that came before us. We just think we have it all figured out. They worked hard. Yeah, they That's just worked hard. That's what it is. I love our millennials, but we're so quick with not wanting to do the 9 to 5. We're so quick mm-hmm. to wanting to make a way to be free. But then when you think you want to make a way to be free, you think it's freedom. Freedom is doing nothing. If you're just free, you're just free and out there. If you don't have a plan, then where are you going? If you want entrepreneurship, you got to work it like a nine to five. I get up at 6 a.m. I do my admin stuff. I take care of my dog. I set my appointments. I have a calendar. I have it set and I'm able to make my calendar, but I still have a job. You know, I still have duties and responsibilities. Entrepreneurship is not just some get out of jail free card where you can just float around all day, drink mimosas and pay bills. Yeah. It, that's not what it is, but that's what people see. They mm-hmm. see people working at the beach or doing this or doing that. Child, please. It's all still a job, but yeah. that's what it is. Our parents were traditionalized to work and, and on set times of getting a good job, going, going to school, getting a good job, paying bills. Well, now we want to skip that. We want to kind of go to school a little bit have a great job, mm-hmm. make a whole lot of money, but not put in the work to get there. You yeah. think you're going to go from zero figures to six figures in a, in a day, right. in a month? It makes no sense. Yeah. Then we'd be mad at ourselves like, oh, my God, it's just not working. <laughs> you're not working it. You know? Of course it's not working. You don't have a doggone operator on it. Yeah. You're just looking at it. You got to get in the machine and make it work. Yeah. So I tr- I tr- that's kind of what I think with that. We just don't work hard enough. I want you to speak to the millennials and and everybody that listens because I have a big audience and I want you to give them a challenge. I feel like it's important for us to challenge the people that are around us. If not, then we need to switch up the people that are around us. If if somebody's not challenging you, whoever's around you is not challenging you. Can I give two challenges? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Challenge number one, I'm stealing from, well, borrowing. I don't like the word steal. Borrowing from Dave, I mean, not Dave Ramsey, Grant Cordone. I was reading a book called Seller Be Sold. And the challenge is no negativity zone. Mm. So he challenged all his listeners to do 24 hours of no negativity. And when I say no negativity, that means no gossip, no talking about anybody, no negative connotations, nothing. And it's so crazy because me and my mom were like sisters. And I called her when I was starting to challenge and I was finna talk about one of my cousins. And I was like, God, dog, I got to start up. <laughs> so it's going to be hard. So do it, but be honest with yourself. But once you start that, you're creating a mental space of, I'm not 
letting nothing negative flow up in this. This is precious. Mm-hmm. And how you think is how you believe. How you believe is in how you act and how you act is your reality. Mm-hmm. Even if you're listening to your friend gossiping, you're still intaking. Mm, girl, he did that. Ooh, girl. Da-da-da. You're still taking that in. That then becomes a thought of, ooh, I can't stand trifling men. That then becomes an action of you acting funny towards men. That then becomes why you posting you ain't got no man because now you acting crazy to the men, folks, and you can't even benefit having a good man because of what you heard your friend say that you internalized. Mm-hmm. So that's that. The second challenge would be create a budget. In order to get your financial plan together, you gotta know what you're spending. You gotta understand where you need to stop spending money and you gotta understand where you need to start spending money. Mm. And that may be $50 in Forex if you wanna start that, and $50 not going to the Buckhead bars. That may be $50 going to your real estate license course and you do a payment plan versus $50 going to a dinner and a movie to try to Netflix and chill with some girl you just want some quick stuff from. You know, so you gotta be able to set that. So, No negativity for 24 hours. Mm. Catch yourself and create a budget by the end of this month. Okay, Meg, I've learned a lot in just this one (laughs) sitting. Like, if it was up to me, I'd keep you here all day. I just feel like I'm soaking up so much game. And I'm excited. This is so much fun. I love it. Like, I I think, like, you've challenged me. You've taught me so much. And I'm just here soaking it up like a sponge. And I just want you to give the people, like, your um, social media handles. Okay. So, guys, my Instagram, which is what I'm on 24-7, that's really my only biggest social media platform, is at MoveWithMegan. That's M-O-V-E and then W-I-T-H. And my name is spelled very different. It's M A E. G H A N. I'll say it again. M A E G H A N. Move with Megan. And then my website for all things real estate and even my other social media channels is just Move with Megan Realty. Move with Megan Realty.com. You'll find everything about me. If y'all want to talk, text, or anything, my business number mm-hmm. is 404 274 5604. I mentor, I chat. You know, y'all call me anytime, and uh, I'll be happy to chat with you about real estate or anything, really. But just know that's my business number. Yeah. My business <laughs> number. Okay? Don't y'all try to be slick because y'all I find can. out a girl gonna, went through a divorce and she's single, slide, ready to mingle. <laughs> They're going to go through that Instagram page Look. like, man, it was popping. <laughs> oh, my God. But so, yeah. man, before I let you go, I, I forgot. I want to. I, I want you to be able to tell the people that mm-hmm. are discouraged, are, that are not where they want to be in life, or, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, that yeah. haven't accomplished everything they want to accomplish, give them, like, some encouragement. Like, tell them something positive, you okay. know what I mean? Because well. I feel like a lot of us millennials, like, we're just in this depressive state. Mm-hmm. because we don't have it all together and mm-hmm. we just put up this facade, this mm-hmm. face. Like, we do have it all together mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem like we have any hope. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. what can you tell those people? I could say, number one, you're not alone. Mm. We are all there. I mean, look, I, I, I am mentally able to process things, but I just went through a divorce. That ain't having it together. Yeah. Marriage is supposed to work, but this didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. So, you're not alone. Just the people that you may admire or look up to they're going through the same things that you're going through that you just may not be sharing. So you're not alone. And the depressive the, the depressive state, I would say another challenge I would give to you to help with that, all millennials, write down the little wins. Start recognizing the little things you do that impact how you feel, that make you feel good about yourself. Not anybody else, you. And that will change your mindset because it just comes back to mindset. So that encouraging thing is you're not alone. Everybody's going through it or has been through it. And there's so much more that you could be looking at to get you out of that depressive state or out of that cubicle. And it's appreciating yourself. It's recognizing the little things that make you special and unique and then learning to pick up the pieces and start over. Mm. You know, it's okay to start over. We get new days every day. If starting over wasn't a good thing, we wouldn't have 24 hours in a day and then get a restart. You ain't lying. You know? So that's okay. Heck, I've been on a diet for the past year. I restart every day. I said I was going to start today. I had a Hawaiian roll, so I'm starting hey, tomorrow. Listen, I had two. two. Andy over here holding up two fingers. I had two Hawaiian rolls, God dog. But I'm starting over tomorrow with my diet. But, you know, that's that. my encouraging advice. You're not alone. Cherish the little wins. and It's okay to freaking start over. Yeah. It's okay. So, Megan, when can I have you back? Um, 
Cause I'm I'm doing. You tell me, cause I'm right up the street. Listen, look. Listen, I'm gonna hold you to it. Like, uh, hold me to it, cause this was too long. It definitely this, this was. This was too long. And I'm happy I, I've gotten here because I feel like people are gonna be able to learn from this. I hope They're gonna so. be able to grow. I hope you so. You know, mature in their own little way. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm doing something big on the 21st. I want you there. It's gonna be a visual podcast, and okay. that's what I've been working on. And that's why I've been a little bit quiet, and I kind of fell back from doing my audio thing mm-hmm. because I want to bring it up to a larger scale. Okay. You know what I mean? Because okay. I feel like people are more into the visual thing. They, they need to see something or someone to be able that to connect. They can connect with. Yes, it's, yes. It's cool that I hear you, but I don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's big to have that um, representation. So yeah. I need you there. I feel yeah. like people are going to be like, yo, who's Meg? Of course, they're yeah. going to be, be able to see your IG and yeah, show Yeah, y'all go to the IG now. Go on to it, y'all. I feel like a lot of folks be trying to think like they know you, like, just because they, they, they see they your see IG. My, they they personally don't. know you. They and, don't know And that's me. why I feel like you need to have that conversation, have yeah. conversations outside of IG. And yeah. Definitely call Megan, y'all. Definitely yes, reach out. Yes, call me. She's very call personable. Me. You know what I mean? She's very cool down to earth. And, of course, you know, you're going to see Eddie on her page. Yes, so, yeah. that's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got so many more episodes to come, so y'all definitely going to hear from Megan. Um, I feel like I missed out on so many other questions that you guys could have um, learned from or you guys probably were counting on me to ask. But if y'all got any more questions, definitely reach out to Megan. Mm-hmm. DM, reach out to her business call. Remember, y'all, like she said, it's her business number. <laughs> So we're gonna be we're gonna make that a point to we're say be professional. 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 We ain't just hopping in DMs going crazy. <laughs> but all right, y'all. Appreciate y'all next time on the Millennial Club.